I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Hello there and welcome to the first episode of This Song Is Yours for 2024. As always, I'm your host, Simon Fink, and we're kicking the year off with a bang. Today, we've got the incredible US folk pop trio, Tiny Habits, gracing our very podcast. Now picture this, three incredible musical minds, all Berkeley School of Music alumni, who craft intricate folk pop that not only tug at the heartstrings, but also take you on a journey through their intimate musical universe. Tiny Habits, which is comprised of Sinya Khan, Maya Ray and Judah Mayawa, have been setting the folk pop scene ablaze with their mesmerizing harmonies over the past 18 months. Now, if you're wondering why the names might sound familiar, it is because Tiny Habits have been on the road with musical powerhouses like Lizzie McAlpine and Noah Khan for the last year or so. Guess what? They are now landing in Australia this week to support the incredible Gracie Abrams and even headline their own show in Melbourne. Now, in today's episode, we're pulling back the curtain and diving deep into the Tiny Habits story. Join us as we chat with Sinya, Maya, and Judah about the origins of the band, their journey to viral success with covers and then their own original music, and we do get the inside scoop on what fans down under can expect from their live shows. We also want to offer a massive shout out to Scott from Tiny Habits Management Team for making this episode possible. Now, before we embark on this musical journey, please make sure you subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your go-to podcast platform. Stay tuned for more fantastic episodes throughout the year by following us on social media. All details are waiting for you in today's show notes. So grab your headphones, settle in, and let's kick off 2024 with the enchanting sounds of Tiny Habits. Now I can come back to Boston Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Sinya, Judah and Maya, better known possibly collectively as Tiny Habits. Hello to all three of you. How are you going? (laughs) Thank you uh, all three of you to being here today. I do very much appreciate it. I am very excited to have you on the podcast um, this this year uh, today. (laughs) We are so excited. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us. My absolute pleasure. Um, for those who are listening, Tiny Habits is coming all the way to Australia. We are somehow. Somehow we are making it over there. We are so excited. Somehow our dreams are coming true this <laughs> this fast. <laughs> I know that um, you've been touring all around the world the past 18 to 24 months, I want to say. Um, I think this is, if I'm correct, your first visit down to us here in Australia. Has anyone... Very much. <laughs> has anyone kind of given you guys anything to, um, I guess, any idea of what to expect or what you should do or maybe shouldn't do? Not really. We've, we've heard that it's it's summer there. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. We, it's we've heard it's summer. Be. We've heard to try Marmite. 
Mm-hmm. We've heard no. I was gonna. <laughs> I think people people say that just for us to have an experience, not necessarily because we'll like it. It's, yeah, it's one of those things of um. Definitely, if you try one or the other, do Vegemite over Marmite. There's at least a tiny bit more flavor. Okay, okay, okay. I think maybe that was what it was. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Vegemite. Okay, got it. Other than that, though, we're pretty... We're open. If you have suggestions, spiders, let us know. Sharks. We've heard... Yeah, there's some spiders there. We do have some, you know, contentious wildlife, I might say. Um, but I would say stick to... The culinary stuff's always good, like Tim Tams, Vegemite, um, things like oh, that. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm. I've had Tim Tams. You never had Tim really? Tams? No, I haven't. They're delicious. You've never been to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that after we wrap this up today, I'll get in touch with the, the powers that be um, to make sure that there are some Tim Tams there for you guys on arrival when once you land oh, in, oh, thank in you. Australia. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> um, now, you are coming in support of, I believe you're supporting Gracie Abrams on a number of her shows and you've got a show of your own in Melbourne, which is very, very exciting. How are you feeling about um, these kind of shows coming and bringing the show to a, to a new audience? So exciting. It's, yeah, it's yeah. exciting. I think, I mean, I think at least for me, like I've always dreamt about going to Australia and it always felt so out of reach, especially like to go and play music there and like share my heart. And so I think like, I mean, after every experience we've had, even this year alone, like being able to travel and, and play our music together is like a dream. So the fact that we get to come to Australia and do that for a whole new audience, is just really exciting. It's also really cool because we've opened for Gracie before in North America in last March. And it was like such a sweet, it was our first ever tour and it was like the sweetest experience ever. And her whole team is wonderful and all of her fans are so sweet. And so it's sort of comforting to know that that's mm-hmm. going to be there even across the, the, globe. the planet. <laughs> Look, I can very much appreciate that. It's kind of like you, you're already somewhat prepared for what you're into in a way, just mm-hmm. um, that the fans yeah. might have like slightly different, like myself, a different accent. Um, <laughs> I am really excited personally. I um, and, and not to kind of suck up to you, but, and just not because you're in front of me either, um, we were lucky enough to <laughs> interview Lizzie McAlpine back in 2022 and she introduced me to your music. Cool. And um, so when the oh, announcement oh. came out, it was very, very exciting to see that you'll, you'll be coming to join us here in Australia. I'd love to know, I guess, uh, from what I've been seeing, the demographics of Tiny Habit fans does seem to kind of cover a large spectrum of, of ages. Are you guys surprised at that kind of reaction? Very. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like yes, but also, also not really. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's, historically there's been, like Crosby, Stills and Nash is, mm-hmm. it's just a classic. And I feel like people of like the older generation sort of resonate with us in that similar way. But also, I don't know, I feel like we're, or something a little newer for, for the younger yeah, so, audience, yeah. for audience younger. which is just sort of crazy to to satisfy so many people at once. <laughs> I think it's been really it's been really cool because we've done only like a handful of our own like headline shows, um, and it's been really interesting to see because we've done so much like a lot of the opening sort of acts like we did for Gracie and Noah, um, but like having people show up to our own shows and seeing the demographic there has been really surprising and really cool. Cause it, it is just like this big array of like ages and it's really awesome. And I think it's really cool to see that like our music can resonate with so many people of all people. kinds of places. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do absolutely love that. And I think it's, it is a very, um, I don't want to say it's like a traditional sound. What the, for anyone who hasn't listened to the band, who's listening to this podcast, please maybe put this conversation on pause and listen to the band. But um, what you guys do is this gorgeous kind of blending of harmony and incredible vocal arrangements that I feel they're both, what you're doing is both modern, somehow timeless, and it does seem to really be striking a chord with quite a few people around the world. Um, and what I love is that this is kind of a coming together, a culmination of three very different people to my understanding um, from college that you then kind of met and then started this band. I was wondering if you might indulge me a little bit and kind of talk about how the three of you came together at Berkeley um, and, and how Tiny Habits was born. Yeah. I could talk. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell the story. I like to take credit a little bit for the story because, um, well, we, Jude and I started Berkeley during like COVID, like peak pandemic, and Sania had started a little bit, I guess, a year before us. Um, but we started online. And so, like, uh, the way that a lot of um, people would kind of make friends and meet people during that time was like through Instagram and just like online because that's kind of all we had. And so during that fall semester, I had like followed both of them on Instagram and was just like a huge fan. Like I loved what Sydney was doing and I loved what he was doing. And I thought they were just like incredible musicians. Um, and so when we finally got to Berkeley the semester after that, the spring semester, um, I, we had to quarantine in our dorm for, I think it was like 10, 10 days, days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the 10 days, I had like DM Judah and I was like, do you want to come over and like sing with me in my dorm room? And, and he was like, okay. And like he came over and I met him for the first time and we like sang for a little bit. And then that same day I was DMing. So Sinia had posted this video on her Instagram story about, it was sort of like a, a PSA about not knowing how to use like the toilet paper roll handles in the dorm <laughs> bathroom. It was like this weird contraption and she didn't know how to use it. And so she was like, somebody help me. Like, I don't know how to figure this out. And I swiped up because I, I couldn't, my roommate and I at the time couldn't figure it out either. And so I was like, oh, we don't know how to use it either. Like, did you figure it out? And she was like, yes. And she sent me this whole vlog about, about figuring out how to use it basically. <laughs> and that's how we started talking. Um, and so that same night I was like, Hey, like my friend is here and we're singing together. I don't know if like, if you want to come over and like sing with us. And so she came over like maybe an hour after Judah was there. And I remember like us sitting on the floor of my dorm room and we just like sang yeah. some songs. Crazy. And we were so, all like so nervous. Yeah. Cause it was like the first interaction I had outside of my like own roommate. Yeah. With like people in college. Yeah. It's also funny because the culture at Berkeley is like, Oh, it'd be like, do you want to jam? Like come over Like let's sing together. But it's never like, it's never going to turn into anything in yeah. your head. You're like, Oh, this is like fun. Like we're in college, like we'll sing and then I'll go home. Mm-hmm. Oh, we never went home. We kept singing after that. Yeah. And then we just would make videos and post them for about a year before we decided that we wanted to actually be a band for real. And then we, then we did the thing. It sounds like it was all very kind of organic and just kind of fell into place almost like it was, yeah. um, yeah, yeah mm. serendipitous. Very almost. Much so. Yeah. It feels like that. Very much. I would love to know how, because finding a sound, especially with three different musicians and songwriters and artists, I imagine is quite an interesting thing. How 
different were your individual kind of projects before coming together? Um, Judah, I might start with you. Like what was your kind of project or what were you working on before? And I guess, yeah, how closely does it align with what Tiny Habits is now? Yeah, okay. I'll start. I mean, my, I guess, musical background is like different. I started... My mom, like all of my family members are musicians. They sing, like mom, my mom and her aunts, they're big singers. And so when we would come together, everybody had to sing. And then um, I was heavily involved in the church that I was going to when I was home. And I would sing there because my mom was like the head of the music department at that church. So she was obviously like, okay, like, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna sit sit on your ass? Like no, I'm up here doing <laughs> thing. And so I did that for a couple of years. I didn't get into like writing until the pandemic. And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea, like, I didn't know what genre genre of music I wanted to do or anything like that. I just knew, like, I wanted to do music in some way, and I wanted to sing. I liked sing. And so then I applied for Berkeley and was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And by the time I had written, like, maybe a few things, but still kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do artistically up until I met these guys. And then, I guess, then it clicked and I just started writing and doing all that stuff i was very big on arranging mm-hmm. like i like harmony like as you can tell has kind of been a part of genius my <laughs> life for a while so like during the pandemic i would like like because we obviously couldn't really do a lot because of covid and all that stuff so like i would sit in my car and like i had like a little app on my phone where i would like make harmonies with myself and stuff because i didn't have anybody to like sing with or anything and then (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah yeah i I don't i guess that's kind of the gist i don't really know what else to do that's good i absolutely love that maya what about yourself um i've kind of had yeah i've kind of gone through a lot of different maybe genres i would say when i was young when i was about like 12 I kind of got into like the jazz scene where I'm from back home. Um, just cause that's a more of a bigger scene where I'm from. Um, so I sang like jazz for probably seven years, um, six or seven years until I went to Berkeley. And even when I started Berkeley, that was kind of what I was still doing. Um, but I've always loved like a lot of folk music and a lot of older music. And I was really excited to go to Berkeley and just kind of see what 
what happened because I didn't I never really thought that jazz was like the end goal for me except I always loved it but I knew that there was something else there um and then I got to Berkeley and I started writing a little um and yeah I think just as I got older and continued to write and discover music and then especially with these guys I think we kind of just naturally fell into what we create now which I think is even hard to like label as Mm -hmm. a specific yeah genre because it's like what do we say it's like like singer songwriter folk, folk pop, pop folk, but it's pop, like not even alternative i don't even pop. know if that's what it is I don't yeah. know either. we're also still i guess figuring out yeah our sound, what our sound is sound, yeah. yeah which i yeah. think is really exciting because we're in this like cool limbo phase at the moment but yeah it's kind of been all over the place yeah. for the most part and Sinya, what about yourself i don't know for a lot of my life i I was just a cover a cover singer and I would just kind of sing the songs I liked to sing and mm-hmm. I just really liked singing like that was that was the extent of my musical identity I think for a long time but then as I grew older and more angsty I started to write and I still didn't really have much of a concrete like sound for myself but I just sort of like would would mimic a lot of the artists I liked at the time, and it was like Tori Kelly and like just random people at that moment in my life. And I had this like weird neo soul phase for a second, <laughs> which was funny. But then I just sort of settled into like I knew I liked playing acoustic guitar, and I knew I liked to sing, and I knew I liked to express myself. And so I think, however, that sort of came out of me was just what it was going to be. And I think that's sort of still the way the three of us mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what joins the three of us it's just like we know we do this and this is these are the sounds we like and this is what happens when we put that all together yeah mm-hmm. and so I feel like that's yeah that's how this works yeah it's like because we all have very different musical backgrounds yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like cool to see like how all of that mixes in together mm-hmm because sometimes it it makes one mix of something and then there's like another mix of something else and like I don't know we're still figuring it out but it's yeah. fun it is fun it's a lot of fun I absolutely love that though I think that the one thing that I think all of you like kind of touched on it in a way is that the the uniqueness of it and I think that the maybe to echo what you said before Senor it is difficult to kind of pinpoint an exact I even tried to tell my wife this morning about yourself because I've been playing the music all, all week and then folk pop seemed the most apt but didn't seem quite right but it's it's a very interesting thing it's a very I feel like it's almost like a good position to kind of be in because if it's difficult to label mm-hmm. then you can kind of use it to your advantage in terms of opening multiple totally. doors yeah exactly yeah. I think yeah I agree <laughs> um a number of people have found you guys through online viral videos where you're covering um songs in i think there's staircases there seem to be in the back of touring vans there's a lot of like impromptu <laughs> i imagine maybe impromptu <laughs> um uh, cover sessions for you what goes into how do you pick what song you're going to cover and um and yeah what goes then into kind of coming up with those arrangements we used to have a method we used to just like because we were really obsessed with like throwback songs, like songs that 
came out in like the early 2000s and we would just like make a like acoustic like very sad version of <laughs> that song um and we'd have like a like just go through a playlist and just like shuffle mm-hmm. and just pick a random song um recently it's it's kind of just been like whatever we feel we feel like singing sometimes rent like random songs from like way back when mm-hmm. we'll just like pop up in our brains and we're like oh yeah. we should cover that and i feel like, yeah. we, like the three of us will like hear a song and like hear the harmonies that could be yeah. there yeah. and then we're like should we do this song or what yeah, yeah. or what's up that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah that's yeah. definitely how it happens i do love that and then um yeah. right. and then, oh, sorry yeah. no. in terms of arranging i feel like it's sort of similar to the way that we go about everything mm-hmm. and it's just sort of organic and like Naturally, yeah. we'll just start playing the chords and start singing and then like sort of organically fall into parts and then like create s- more specific ideas yeah and that it honestly it does seem like it is very organic for all of you that it kind of comes very naturally and without a lot of um i don't want to say stress what's the word i'm looking for like without a lot of kind of persevering and endearing that it kind of does um that it just seems to work naturally between the three of you which i think is such a brilliant thing for a band thank you that's awesome thanks it's definitely gotten easier the more we spend time with each other yeah like the arranging process and and sometimes even the writing process happens a lot faster Mm -hmm. because of like just us spending so much time together and we just know each other musically now yeah of course you know what people are gonna do (laughs) I would. Um, I'd also love to to chat about because you have uh, then moved into writing your own original music. There was a beautiful EP that came out, I think, around April of 2023. Um, and I was wondering if you might indulge me a little bit um, because I want to be slightly selfish and ask about one of uh, my favourite tracks of the year, not just from the EP but of the year in general, was um, Hemingway, which was um, I think one of the main songs of the EP. Such a gorgeous track. Um, and I was wondering, yeah, if you might indulge me in, in how that song kind of came about and the creation and inspiration behind it. That's such a funny yeah. one. That's yeah. a funny one to like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wrote that song for a class. For a songwriting class. A songwriting class. Right. And it was, the assignment was to write a song with this, uh, based with on a street name. And the street in Boston is Hemingway Street. And I was inspired by my own breakup which didn't actually happen on Hemingway it happened yeah. on Commonwealth <laughs> but it didn't it didn't rhyme so well so doesn't sound as good but yeah I just wrote that song I wrote it for a class and, and I remember so like not you were just like I wrote this like what do you guys think it was for songwriting and we're like yeah, yeah that's like fire we should sing it but I don't think any of us were like oh man yeah we so. should yeah we should yeah it wasn't like one of the mind-blowing ones yeah, yeah but no. but that's People awesome to really like it in terms of the, I guess, both the original material and covers, translating it into a live kind of setting, how do you balance, um, I guess, having your own music in there and then choosing certain covers for certain places? Like I know, I think you recently just finished up a, a tour with Noah Khan and um, travelling Europe and the UK. Like do you tailor the covers to possibly the locations that you're at? No. <laughs> which not, is, usually. Which, no. not usually. We got lucky is, this tour, though. Yeah. The covers that we chose, people really gravitated to. Mm-hmm. But Keen, we did a Keen. Where's, where are they from? I don't know. I have no idea. We did a Keen cover, and I think they're from Europe. They, uh, oh, British. Really? 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. That was just and luck. So we didn't know that, that was lucky. <laughs> people really, really loved and knew that song. But we've thought about maybe something special for us, really. Right. We got any, give us some. Give do you have some, any suggestions? Some recommendations. Oh, um, if if you're talking like early two thousands kind of throwbacks, you could do like the Veronicas. Um, oh wait, what is that one song? Forever, or what's it called? You know, do you want to sing it? it? <laughs> There's no I chance. I think I know the one song. We'll, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll figure something I'd out. Veronica's Missy Higgins. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other Australian artists I'll, I can send through outside of this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Right. Got it. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll pick something fun for the Australia shows. Or something. Yeah. But, yeah, we always like to throw in maybe one or two just because the people love to love to sing along. <laughs> yeah. so. Look, very <laughs> exciting to hear. We are going to be making sure that the tickets to your um, – your Howler show in Melbourne and all the Gracie shows are included in the podcast show notes. Um, oh, we would usually you. end with asking what everyone's listening to. Sinya, would you like to start us this time around on what you're currently listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Troy Sivan. Mm-hmm. Same. He's from Ooh, Australia. He's Australian. Right? Perfect. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah. That's that's all that's all that's solid Sorry, right man. now. I've been listening so, to the Sabrina Sabrina Carpenter fruitcake EP Christmas EP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super it's good. Really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, big fan. Solid choices. Yeah. Mine's also choice of one. Choice of one. Yeah, I've been really crazy <laughs> on that. Obsessed. <laughs> I'm so obsessed. <laughs> It is a fantastic record choice. I'm very well. So all very solid choices. Um, I do want to say a massive thank you to all three of you, Sinya, Judah and Maya. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And we uh, look forward to seeing you in Australia this month for those shows with Gracie and with yourself. Yay, you're awesome. Thank you. (laughs)